In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk? Get vaccinated. But but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. From grandmothers who whispered in their baby girl ear, to fathers on dimly lit street corners instructing young soldiers to always keep their eyes open, you be queen, you were fire. You were passed through centuries on the hands of your daughters. They called you wisdom. Proverbs. On the backs of diamond-eyed schoolchildren who grew into hymnals recited by amethyst-holding urban philosophers who recited neighborhood commandments out of the windows of restored El Camino chariots to keep the warmth in their blood. Be wise. Be smart. Be black opal, brown quartz, bloodstone, and prayer. Be every form of gem. King told scribe, scribe told son, son told wife, wife told her daughter, and daughter told the ancestors, and the ancestors told me that you would come to give wisdom to thousands. They said you would come, dropping gem, dropping gem. Welcome back. All right. Another episode of the Dropping Gems podcast. As always, I'm your host, Debbie Brown. And as always, thank you for carving out this little moment in time, not just to spend with me, but to spend with yourself showing up for you. 
that is what I feel uh, <laughs> I get to do for myself when I do this show. And that's what I think that we get to do with one another collectively. So today's show, I'm going to be speaking to a concept that was really something I resonated with deeply when I started my spiritual journey and something that really gave me hope in digging deeper. You know, a big, a big thing that I faced when I really deep dove into my spiritual journey, and I know a lot of you guys are familiar with my backstory. Originally, I, I was working in entertainment. I lived a completely different life. And so when I first started my journey, I always felt pulled in two directions. I felt like I had to choose whether I wanted to be in the streets, <laughs> not really, right, but living a life that was a little more rooted in, you know, societal pleasures and in ego or forging my path in the spiritual world, which at that time I thought I was either choosing partying or the Himalayas to meditate. And so I always felt a little bit at odds with how to find a way to take up space authentically as the newer version of who I had become. So the concept of duality was one that I really connected with in the spiritual sense when I began my journey. And, you know, duality is really rooted in a condition of being dual. It's an instance of opposition or contrast between two concepts or two aspects of something, a dualism. And so when I was really deepening my journey, uh, especially in my meditation practice and reading a lot of the sacred text, you know, something that was spoken about quite often is spirituality does not mean one has to disappear for the rest of their life and only live in one specific kind of way. It means that you can continue on the path of your life, but there is now a veil lifted and a new opportunity to deepen your connection to yourself and deepen your service to others. And so that was something that really gave me a lot of inspiration as I was figuring out how I'd be taking myself, this new version of me on a test drive and how I would allow that to show up in the world through my work. You know, a lot of a lot of us, when we enter into a deeper space of healing, one of the first things we think sometimes is, well, I got to give up my whole other life. You know, I got to quit my job. Uh, I'm going to go live in the mountains. I'm going to disappear. I'm going to cut everybody off or this means that I have to be, you know, 100% vegan and I have to be fully versed in, you know, all of all of the holistic offerings that are available to me. And I have to wear, you know, clothes made of hemp and smell like nakchamba. And, you know, we think that we can only be one thing. And something that I really loved about my journey, especially the last couple of years, is I'm all the things. You know, I'm someone that is deeply, deeply committed to the work of self and the work of being of service to others on their journeys to healing. I'm also fully about that metaphysical, esoteric, ritual life. Uh, and, you know, I, I love a good kiki too. And I love, you know, some luxury. I love living it up. I love, you know, many of the things that earth has to offer. But I can be all the things. And I, I really love that this moment in time, especially and especially for women, is a time that we can realize, look, we are all multidimensional beings and we're all multi-hyphenates. We do not have to fit in anyone's box or in anyone's limited perception or definition of who we are and who we can be. And so that concept of dualism is something that uh, I'm really proud to showcase to people. I like to be multiple things at once. You know that saying, like, get you one that can do both? 
I feel like I can do all the things, you know, and we all can. There, There's facets to each of us that probably the majority of people don't know about. And so as you listen to the show today with my guest that I will be introducing shortly, I really want to invite you to start really observing yourself in the way of who am I now? Who am I becoming? How can I express the fullness of who I am? How can I allow myself to be vast, you know, in front of people? You don't have to compartmentalize yourself. You don't have to be one way in public or with your family and then another way privately. How can you now integrate all the dimensions of who you are so that you can have the joy of being your full self in each moment and other people can have the joy and the inspiration of seeing you be your full self in each moment. So today's show, my guest is none other than the renowned, multi-talented, multi-hyphenate, incredible woman, Melanie Fiona. And I know a lot of us have seen her gorgeous, gorgeous photos on social media lately. Huge, huge congrats. She just got married. The pictures are so beautiful. She, of course, is an acclaimed, very successful, award-winning singer. She is a mom. She is a creator. She is so many things. And she is also a spiritual teacher and a spiritual healer. And so we are going to today dig into all of those facets of her beautiful being. So today's show, you know, Melanie and I, and we'll kind of dive into our story in just a bit, but I was really drawn to some of the similarities um, that she and I share on this spiritual path and some of the ways that our beliefs really click with one another, but also how we're still able to show up fully in the world in other dimensions. Without further ado, welcome to the show, Melanie. Melanie, thank you for joining. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to finally be sitting down here with you because I I feel like it's been a long time coming. Uh, I mean, so long coming, global pandemic, all the things getting in the way of our fun. Uh, We originally, (laughs) so we originally met like face to face, heart to heart last year. But obviously, I'm a fan of your work. I have seen you in the world so beautifully for years. We have mutual friends. But last year before the pandemic, it sounds like um, I'm talking about like, Back in my day, like it seems so long ago. Um, I know, like a century ago. But we were in person and we were at this really beautiful event in the mountains of Topanga in this gorgeous like tree house, kind of near Malibu that overlooked just all this wooded area, very vibey. It was this event that Cassie was throwing while she was pregnant with her first child. And it was like a, a beautiful day for moms. And so I went there with my girlfriend, Joanna Simkin, who has been on this show before. And so many beautiful ladies were in the building. We meditated. We prayed. We even laid hands on Cassie, did some you know, beautiful prayers together as moms. We ate. And then it was so funny because I feel like you and I instantly understood that we spoke the same language. So we... <laughs> Like our antennas were out and we're like, oh, yeah, we're into the same stuff. Mm-hmm. We know all about that world. Um, and so we kind of like had a chance to really dive in there. And um, and we were going to go on a play date. We're neighbors. We found out we live so yeah. close to each other. We were going to do our play date. And then the safer at home order came out. I know. I know. <laughs> it was it was actually like we had connected. And I, I want to say like we were talking about pumpkin patches. Yes. 
And the pumpkin patch, what ended up happening was then there was the fires and then we couldn't go outside because the air quality was so trash and then pandemic. And then it was like, now our kids are teenagers and we're... Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Wow. And now here we are virtually. But it, look, <laughs> by any means, here we are. We're still here. That's the most beautiful part is we're still here. It's so true. I, I was thinking of that recently, too. Like, it's just, you know, outside of, like, our frustrations for the world and for life, it's actually really beautiful how adaptive we all are. Like, we have yes. all really been you know, we don't give ourselves enough credit. We've all really been mm. showing up in the best way possible and adapting on the fly, right? It's like at first, yes. once you get through the depression of not seeing humans, then you're like, well, we have Zoom. I mean, we're blessed. There's other ways yes. to connect. Yes, so- yes. And and I think that to the, um, the greatest thing that I think the separation from distraction and demand and reaction of like a very social life or like, lots of happenings in the outside world, it really has given us a great chance to examine and redefine perspective. Oh my and God. that for me has been the most important thing is just really recognizing how I view things, my life, yeah. what I was prioritizing, how I was spending my time, what I was doing with my life versus now I feel like it's act two. And it's like, what do you want to do on this side of your life? Yeah. Now? Because as we've seen, life can change overnight. And um, that can be amazing. Like that can be like anything is possible, but also anything is possible. Like <laughs> right. friggin' pandemic. So, <laughs> so it is you know, the make deepest it count. uncertainty. Make it count. The deepest uncertainty. So yes. let's sit there for a minute. How how have you been personally transforming this year? What has been coming up and shedding for you? So I will say this: there has been many things that I feel like I have been working towards to get to this point of this year, as far as like personally, professionally, what I have kind of been going through. Um, And I feel like everything kind of came to a head this year for me. Mm. And the stillness of it all really allowed for me to focus on well-being because I know it's easy to lose yourself in the process of uncertainty. And so a lot of things were up in the air for me. And I just feel like a lot of things finally landed and now I'm starting to feel settled. Um, I had some things professionally that were unresolved. Those finally got resolved. We're moving to a new home. Um, we shifted and I, I put my more energy into my family and my son as far as like the home and how I want his upbringing to be Mm. during this time and in the world moving forward. Now we're homeschooling and really, I feel like as a family unit, as a person, I feel so much more whole and I feel Mm. like I'm in, I've inched to this like oh, whatever level you thought you were at, you're about to go to the next level. And so that came with finding discipline and motivation when discipline wasn't there, vice versa, you know, finding the, finding, having the discipline when the motivation wasn't there to do the things that I know I needed to do to make myself a better mother, woman, human, artist, um, you know, partner. And it really gave me time and space to start prioritizing, I think, what was really important to me and the things that I was kind of neglecting. So health mm. became a priority. I changed my diet completely. I'm, I'm leading a much healthier lifestyle as far as what I ingest and what I intake. And that goes for everything. That goes for social media. That goes for me- media. That goes for entertainment. That goes yeah. for, like I said, foods. So I feel like what's happened is I've kind of gone to another level of a holistic approach to my life. And um, I'm just very, very grateful for that because I feel like 
I feel more solid now. And mm. I feel like moving forward, I'm stronger. And that's, that was my goal. That was my mantra for the last four months of this year was finish stronger than you started. Mm. And so I will say that my 2020 is finishing personally stronger than it started. And I'm very, very grateful for that. Very grateful. God, I love that so much. And I think, you know, and that's something that we speak to quite a bit on this show. It's like, if you'll let it, and I know that's challenging, especially depending on how you're weathering this storm. But if yes. you let it, there are so many gifts to be found in this moment. So many, so many. And the perspective, again, I come back to is everything because I mean, there, there are so many challenges, again, in life in general, much less in the middle of a pandemic. But truly, I think even if you could really look back, even prior to this, and I learned this from a friend of mine, actually, who is a, he's a two-time cancer survivor, and he, his outlook on life in the face of death, this is pre-pandemic, has been a massive inspiration to me because his outlook and his perspective on life has just is what's kept him alive, 100%. Mm. And so when I think about that, I think about the fact that challenges will always find us. And sometimes they are magnified because there's things that are out of our control. What I love about the pandemic, as terrifying as it is, is that we have been given the opportunity to recognize how not in control we are. Ooh, because yes, Girl. You know, <laughs> we as simple humans think that we're just in the driver's seat. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, just like that, they say, you can't do this, you can't do that. And now, who are you as a person? And what have you what have you what have you gotten in control of? And if now if the things that you thought you were in control yeah. of aren't happening and you haven't gotten control of your personal well being and perspective on life, it will seem extremely, extremely difficult. And that's not yeah. to take away from the physical things that happen, people have lost jobs, incomes, homes, lives, you know, and yeah. so lives, you know, and so I think that the perspective of life and your well-being as a person has to be paramount, because mm. if it's not, when those physical things happen and life happens, you, 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 if you are not within self to be able to stay grounded, stay grateful, stay focused, it's going to be very difficult to see your way out of it, yeah. you know? And, yeah. and I think that that's the hardest part we have as human beings. It's, oh it's my a God. very difficult thing to, to unlearn, you know? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And you know, the thing that has been interesting about like really, really sitting so deeply inside of this state of surrender and relinquishing mm -hmm. control, it's actually been fascinating to observe because, you know, I think, and again, this is if you let it. So I always encourage, keep your heart open. It doesn't have to make sense, but try to stay open to the, these thoughts, you know, um, not only have we realized, I mean, just so, so truly that we control nothing. Um, mm. We've also, at least for me, I've realized that even the things I want to be in control of have shifted, you know, like yes. there used to be this tight reins of control. Even when I thought in previous moments, having been on this journey, I thought I was fully surrendered, right? Then this yes. moment came along and I think, you know, if you're if you haven't been on the path yet, it's such a beautiful time for awakening. But if you have been on the path, it has been a 
shadowy yet phenomenal time to be in mastery, like to really embody every tool you've picked up along the journey to really sit inside of the deepest layers possible of the lessons we've had in life. You know, like there's so many opportunities to be triggered, but the truth is where the triggers lie. So when things are coming up in the pandemic, because you're inside of your head, because you're really like, oh, I don't, I don't, I can't make my own decisions. I don't control any of this. You know, you're also able to see, okay, so why is that so hard for me? That self-inquiry, you're able to say, why, why is this giving me this reaction? And then you kind of walk that trail backwards and it's like, oh, there, there might still be something that needs a little love from this experience or a deeper healing here. And so it's been, it's been really beautiful, um, experiencing and observing the role that control plays and, and the things that we didn't even realize we were trying to control that show themselves. No, it, it is. It's, it's really amazing. And, you know, back to what you're saying, like for me, the place that I'm so grateful to be at is that the awakening journey that I first experienced in 2012, because I feel like once you understand it, you, you can definitively point out when it is in your life. 2012 for me was that year. And, um, and I feel like I was able to really put what I learned into practice this year mm. and in these last few years. And that's been like really, it, it's been really good from a soul perspective because I just feel that that's what I'm saying. Like I feel my evolution and I feel like what I'm grateful for is the, um, is the ability, like you said, to surrender. That has been like my favorite word since childbirth, like surrender, because when you go with the flow, you find that you're not spending your energy fighting, but you're finding your way through. Mm. You're riding, you're riding, you're going. And so that's why I just feel like even though certain things didn't turn out maybe the way I wanted them to this year, I'm so grateful for how they turned out because I know it's the path of least resistance. I know it's the natural yeah. progression of how life was was written for me this year. Mm. So, you know... I just, I, I just find peace in that. I find peace in not romanticizing about what could have been or should have been or what was. Yeah. I'm really just really grateful for what is and whatever that is, knowing that my health and my safety are intact. Like I have that and I have another day here on this planet. So it's like, yes, okay, you, there's, still, there's still hope there and yeah. there's still more room to be grateful, you know, and, um, and yes, of course, like I, 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 my, I, I empathize so much for the people out there who might not necessarily have those tools as yet. And maybe like being pushed this year has pushed them into that, but I'm also so excited for those people because I feel like that's the, that's the beauty. Like that's where, that's where like, I think the sweet spot of life comes from is when it gets so challenging that you literally feel yourself growing into something more than you were before on any level. Oh, so, so, so beautifully said. And there, you know, and I think for, for those listening that are really identifying with this being that really scary dark night of the soul, that, that moment Mm. where you're just like, I don't have any tools. How do I do this? Well, one, you do, you came to earth with them. It's just about remembering them and activating them. Um, But two, there will be another side of this. You know, I think we get so stuck in this idea of the work being hard or painful Mm -hmm. that we don't recognize you're already in pain without the work. But when you do the work, you're on the other side of it. When you do the work, there will be an end to the pain versus just sitting in it, 
from here on out, you know? Correct. And if for, and if for anyone out there who's listening that might think, you know, um, that feels foreign, if you are the type of person that feels like you need to be in control, imagine how wonderful it feels to be in control of doing amazing work that's amazing for you. Mm. So rather than rather than sitting in it, like you said, the way that you do take back your control is to invest in that self-work for yourself if that's all you yeah. can do. Yeah. Then that's beautiful. Like if you don't have in, can, any control over anything that's going on outside of your body, then the thing that the one thing that you do have control over is yourself. And so, you know, that's a great way to still feel somewhat in control. You know, I, I always say that to people like, yeah, you might not be able to control anything else, but you have control over self. You do. Yeah. 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 Oh, so, 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 so beautiful. And there's nothing more important you could be doing with your life. And I think that's what we really need to savor on, especially in the day and age where so much is comparative, so much is, you know, procured in such a way that it will create a certain perception on Instagram where everything is about, I'm living my purpose, or I'm an expert at this, or I'm making this much money, you know, everything is so performative. And so I think it's just, it's so important to really know there is nothing more important that you could be doing with your life other than loving yourself and working on yourself. From that space, Man. everything else radiates outward. One thousand percent. I can't even tell you how true, like how much I would love to like co-sign that in like on a thousand percent to anyone who's listening to because it's it is so true. Like <clears throat> you cannot give what you don't have. Mm. And so whatever role that you play in life, whether that's defined by whatever it is, whether it's your job or your role in your family or a parent or a sibling or daughter, friend, sister, lover, whatever it is, outside of that, if you have not created a, yourself as a whole person in how you feel and how you feel loved for yourself and how you are providing for yourself and how much time and attention you give and love to yourself, then it's going to be very hard to give that to other people um, without feeling depleted or exhausted. Um, yeah. you know, it's, it really does start. It really does start with self. It does. It does. And, you know, working on self is not selfish and selfish gets a bad rap, but being selfish <laughs> in a positive way is not a bad thing. No. And, and it's you such, know? it's the biggest conspiracy ever. It's the biggest conspiracy in history that women were ever led to believe that they had to deny themselves their own care and their own joy. Yes that we had to be yes. martyrs for everyone else. It is the biggest hoax in history. It mm. is the very first example of gaslighting that has ever been. Yes. <laughs> I co-signed this as well. Yeah, so, I mean, it, I, I, I use that for every mother I ever speak to that like needs encouragement. I'm just like, you cannot give what you don't have. Yeah. Don't throw yourself, like if you're not checking for you, who's checking for you when you're taking care of everyone else? Yeah. Like it just can't be that. Moms, that's like my my rule. Take me back to 2012. Let's talk about mm. your awakening. In 2012, you were very much still entrenched in the like the deepest part of the industry. And to and from the inception of your career and through that moment of awakening, it was really like some of the really special times in the industry. Like ego was at an all-time high. The video shoots, right? The champagne, like it was oh just gosh. such such an extraordinary um, and flashy time of life. And then you so find yourself flashy. having an awakening in the soul. Set the stage for me. What did that look, feel, taste, sound? What, what was that like? It was, it was profound. 
that that's what I will say. It was profound because it was so screaming at me. It was so screaming at me. And I just want to start off by saying that person, like my personal self, who I am and who I have been throughout my life has just really never been about the fanfare. Like mm. I don't like I'm, I'm from Toronto. I'm a child of immigrants. I've lived a very humble existence. I've never really cared so much for the flash and the mm. glitz and the glam and all of it, you know? And so I feel like truthfully in retrospect, when I look back on it, I always feel like my purpose as a vocalist was never to be about the music industry more than it was about music. Mm. And so I often can recognize times before my awakening, how I felt so conflicted, but never knew what that was, you know, never knew why I was so resistant or never knew why I didn't find my voice yet to stand up for myself and say no to certain things or not participate or not be influenced or not, you know, like all these things. And so I feel like when 2012 came around, I had, I had just broken up with the longest relationship, most serious relationship of my life that I thought was going to be the future of my life. Um, I walked away from a very big ego of that relationship, um, of that partner and what we were to each other, what we, what, what our egos did for one another, Mm. which was wonderful until it was terrible. (laughs) And, you know, it combusted and burned and, uh, went down in all of the flames. And that was the first part. That was the first thing that happened. Um, And then I remember feeling the most heartbroken ever in my life and then having to release an album amidst that and then having to show up and be be a human being with all this hurt and uncertainty and transition. I had moved from L.A. to New York. Like my whole life had just uprooted and changed. And um, I'm putting out my second project it's music videos, it's Grammys. I won two Grammys that year um, in the fe- in February. And so wow. it was such a weird juxtaposition yeah. of very high professional success and then very low self-value mm. as a person. You know, I, I, I was shattered inside and, and none of it was making me feel better. And, um, and that sounds like, and, too, like one of the biggest ways that I think awakenings reveal themselves. It's like, hold on. Society told me if I have this, 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 that I would be happy, I would be successful, I would have reached. And then you're like, okay, so I have all of this. And you're making a list and you're like, yep, got that, got that. Cool, cool. Okay. International acclaim. Why do I feel empty? Who lied to me? <laughs> Who lied? And and I lie and then I and then I believe the lie. And then so then yeah. you get hard on you get down on yourself, like, how did I get here? Yeah. And I specifically remember I will I I I, I can tell you this, like it's I vi- vividly I can still see myself. I'm on this trampoline in the ocean in Saint Lucia. Okay. I am down there on Mother's Day weekend opening for Diana Ross and Tony Braxton at the Saint Lucia Jazz Festival. St. Lucia is one of my favorite places in the whole world. I'm in the middle of paradise on a trampoline in the ocean, heartbrokenly (laughs) devastated with Grammys back in my apartment in New York. And I'm just like, okay, God, Oh my God. I'm tired of, I said, I'm tired of, I literally said this out loud. All of my band, my, my mom even came down and they were all at the hotel. I went out in the ocean by myself and I had to have a talk with God. And I said, God, I don't know what's happening in my life right now. The way that I feel is the most uncomfortable I've ever felt. Mm. Please just make it stop. Please. I don't want to feel like this anymore. I'm ready to learn whatever it is that you're willing to teach me. 
I just don't want to feel this sad and this down and this lost anymore. And then it got worse. Mm, <laughs> let's talk about that. See, then, I, I try to stress it is not puppies and rainbows. Like, the work nope. is the shadows. The work is the investigation. So you identified, you called out to God. Yes. And then how did it get and worse? God took my voice away from me. <gasps> God challenged the exact same vessel that I have made money off of, that I have impacted people with, that I was my whole identity and my whole livelihood. And it. he attacked my voice. He, he sent the awakening to my gift and my wow. throat chakra was completely blocked. Ooh. I couldn't, I, I started having trouble singing. I couldn't, I was very hoarse all the time. I, you know, I sing big, huge ballads. My, my power is my, is my specialty in my voice. And that was gone after 30 minutes. I couldn't sing anymore. And I was going through a series of tests uh, with different, you know, vocal specialists and doctors. And they were all dumbfounded. They were like, your voice is in perfect condition. We do not see a scar, a nodule, a strain, wow. a tear. We don't know what to tell you. And it was one doctor, one doctor, and he was the last doctor I saw. He was in Toronto. He said to me, he said, well, what kind of year have you had? Mm. Mm. And I said, and, it, and, it, and by the way, as soon as he said this to me, I immediately started crying. Wow. Somebody asked me, how are you? Mm. And that opened me up completely because no one had asked and I didn't even ask myself. I wasn't even able to identify it. And when he said, what kind of a year have you had? And it was like a therapy session. It was just like, blah. Well, I broke up and this happened and da, 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 and all these things, boo, 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 highs and lows. And, and, and I also will say this, my album, the second album that I put out that March is called the MF life. And at that time, my entire energy of MF aside from being my initials, was the magnificent, fantastic motherfucking life. <laughs> and that was like what the MF life stood for because I was acknowledging the highs and the lows and the highs and the lows. And that's where that energy I had manifested wow. for myself in my life. And so once he asked me, I was like, oh shit, I am living exactly what I manifested. And I was like, oh, God. And at this time, these, this language of manifestation and stuff wasn't really coming no, out of my mouth No, not yet. at all. Well, but, it wasn't even, yeah, I, it wasn't out. <laughs> it, what, it wasn't out, right? But, but, that, but I was recognizing that there was yeah. parallel between what I was talking about, thinking about, saying, um, being, being immersed by, mm. and how that was affecting me. And so that was the moment that I realized um, that... I needed to change my, um, I needed to, I needed to acknowledge the power that I had within myself to design and reflect the life that I want for mm, myself. Absolutely. And that was the first time. And so my doctor that I was seeing in New York, an amazing doctor, I will say his name over and over again because I love him so much. His name is Dr. Ronald Primus. And he was seeing me, he was my general practic practitioner. And when I told him, I had seen all these doctors, these specialists that he had sent me to, he said, well, how do you feel about Eastern medicine? He's like, I know I practice Western, but how do you feel about Eastern? Wow. And I said, doc, at, at this point, I will, I will try anything. And um, he's like, I want to send you for Reiki and I want to send you for acupuncture. And he was like, and I want you to, I want you to start thinking about 
what that is. And I was like, okay. And I remember I got off the phone with him. I sat in my apartment in Brooklyn and the sky opened up and it poured rain. I turned off the TV and I sat and I watched the rain and I knew mm. that that was my, that was it. This was the cleansing. This was what my full wake up call was. And now every decision that I needed to make had to be from a mindful awakened place. And yeah. so I went for Reiki acupuncture and I went for three, I went for three, I wanted to say it was like three sessions of each. And I went on tour with Mary J. Blige and D'Angelo for six weeks after and had no problems with my vocal. Wow. 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 I love that you're, I love that you're sharing that. I, I was just actually having this conversation. Um, I have a, a community collective called Karma Gang and we have like bi-weekly yes, expert chats. And, and so in this last one that we did, um, I'm a Reiki practitioner and I had someone who does Karuna Reiki on the show and we ended up in this conversation, and I think this is so aligned with what you're saying. I think it's so important for people to know when you are on any type of quest or journey or any type of um, evolving of self, don't think you have to just do one thing, right? Like, don't think it's just, well, I have a therapist or mm -hmm. well, I meditate. You know, I found that the way to not just have the totality of your healing, but to stand in a space of embodied mastery, you have to approach your body from a somatic experiencing perspective. So getting that energy work done as you're processing, you know, doing a Reiki session after you go to therapy so that somatically you are dissolving the trauma in the cells of your being. You know, we need all of it. We need to be integrated mind, body, and soul to actually be liberated beings to be free. Yes, yes. And I will say that you know, for anyone who might be listening that that has skepticism or doesn't know what their right what what their right um, tools might be, exploration is the greatest thing. And so, yeah. you know, I was I was at a place where I was like I felt rock bottom. I felt like I had I didn't know which way to turn. And so, when somebody pointed me in a direction, somebody that I trusted, and I and I could feel the um, the the connection between what he was saying and what I was experiencing. I was like, I have to pursue this. And when I had my first Reiki session with my, with her name is Anjali. She's amazing in, in New York. Um, and I had my first Reiki session with Anjali. I cried. I sobbed. I coughed. I mean, she literally <sighs> was moving the energy that brought me coughing. Like I, I'm telling you, like anyone who thinks like, Trust me, when when it's there for you, it will find you. And I was laying on that table waiting to waiting to be skeptical. I was waiting to be like, all right, here we go. Let's try it. Let's see what it is. And there was no question that what was being what was being given to me in that moment and what was being taken off of me, what was being healed from me was was 100 percent past life trauma, yeah. deep emotional yeah. trauma energetic trauma and energetic weights and contracts that I didn't even know were in me. And I was, I couldn't control my body's response. It was it. And I remember feeling that stress too, of being like, well, stop crying. And then like, mm. I couldn't stop crying. And it was like, okay, well stop coughing. Well, I couldn't stop coughing. And 
I, and then I had to surrender and let my body and let my spirit and let my ancestors come into that room and be like, girl, let us hold you up right now. Yeah. And, um, and that's, and that's what I knew. And, and, and it changed my life. And from then it was like, anytime there was a blockage, anytime there was an obstacle, anytime there was fog or I didn't have clarity, it's, I knew where to go. Mm. I knew what practices I needed to go and, and, and go back to. And so that's what's kept me alive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yes. And it's like once you learn those tools and it doesn't just the way that I experience is this. It's like you get you get tools, right? You you're filling up the toolbox with all different kind of things. So you know that you're equipped. You know that okay, today's a tough day, so let me scan. What do I know to work my process? But outside of that, it's also like when you do all of the deep work that you've just described, you build for yourself such a vibrant inner life. Like Mm. it's truly like you have a galaxy resting inside of your chest so that even if all you can do is close your eyes, it feels like that's enough because of what the ability you have created for you to connect deeply inside of your own body and your own self. Hold that thought. We are coming right back. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy, and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You know, how do you start integrating the work, right? Because it's like you are still 
amidst ego. You're an entertainer. You're a celebrity. You are still face-to-face with everyone's projections and everyone's ego, but now you have this inner mystery. You have this pool of consciousness that you're cultivating inside of yourself. How does that feel? Well, first thing that started to happen is I started to say no. Ah. I started to say no to many things. And I remember all of a sudden I started saying happy, healthy, creative, happy, healthy, creative, happy, healthy, creative. And those were my boxes. And if anything presented itself in that time, from that point on, after that tour, it had to check those boxes, either all three or one of them. And that was like, that was my baseline. Those were the three priorities of my life. And so how did that process feel though? Like, cause that's, that's the thing. It sounds simple, but learning how to advocate for yourself and say no for most people is the most terrifying part of the journey. Terrifying, terrifying. Um, you know what it was? It was just like, first of all, I was very blessed to have a team of people around me at the time that honored that journey that I was on. Ah. And they did not, they respected very much when I said, Hey, I I can't, I can't do this. And even if they talk shit about me behind my back, they never did it to my (laughs) face. You know, they totally were like, okay, she said no, you know, and now we have to go tell the partner or the brand or the label that she said no. And it's like, I'm not doing this to make it difficult on you. I'm doing it so that it's not difficult on me because Mm. if I am not whole, none of this runs. None of this runs. Hold on, hold on. Let's say that again, because I feel like that needs to be written down by people listening. That is (laughs) a mantra for really learning how to own your power. Can you say that piece one more time? I am not doing this to make it difficult on you. I am doing this so that it is not difficult on me. See that yeah. shift? Like, listen to that shift, everyone. That That is what a perception shift in motion looks and feels like. And when we're able to kind of add more languaging to our depth of understanding of ourselves, it's easier for us to honor our own boundaries. Yes. It, it all comes from intention. And the intention to do no harm, if you have that at the forefront of anything that you've set an intention for for yourself, then you can move forward confidently and peacefully because you know your intention is to do no harm. Mm. And that means to yourself and others. And so that is like first thing that started happening. And then it was amazing because what happened was I, I literally was turning down big paying opportunities because they weren't aligned with who I was becoming at that time. And I remember like, in the industry, it's like, you don't say no to money. When that bag is on the table, you get that bag and you go get it. And you do. And I was just like, all money is not good money to me right now. Mm. That's, I will be okay. Like, I don't want to do this very volatile, high, high stress, very low frequency reality television affiliate. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be associated with this energy and this community of entertainment. And I had turned down certain things that were, I just knew would not, would pay me well, but just wouldn't be good for me. I wasn't going to be happy. I wasn't going to feel like happy with myself at the end of the day when I went to sleep. And that was always my thing. It was like, I'd say this to everybody. It's at the end of the day, you have, when you lay down at night, it's just you. 
and you have to be able to sleep well. Nobody else is going to be there to patch you to sleep, like not your managers, not your labels, not your bosses, not your coworkers. It's you. So you have to be able to sleep well at night. And and so I didn't want to be up all night stressed out about a decision that I knew wasn't I, I made that wasn't necessarily right for me. So yeah. I started to say no. And then opportunity started finding me in all the ways that I wanted it to. So right after that happened, I actually, at the height of like my album being at the height of it was, and like I had just done a really amazing performance on BT Awards and it was great. Everything froze at my label and my whole project was frozen. And now I was faced with the opportunity to either stay at a major label or go independent. And I chose to go independent. Mm. And that was another phase where I stepped away. And then I did a brand deal with Nike to check to my healthy box where I ran a half marathon and I pushed myself harder than I ever did. I did collaborations with big brands like Pepsi and, and all these things that just came after I had said, I'm going to be an independent artist. And all these opportunities came and all these really great, amazing things started happening that fed my happy, healthy, creative boxes. And I started to see the power and, and the reward. Like, let's be clear, everybody loves to be incentivized, right? Like people love to see results for themselves. And so my results started showing up in the ways that were checking all the wellness boxes for me as a, as a person. And then I started to realize that I wanted to explore other ways to be creative. And then I wanted to start making my album with producers that I, you know, had loved and admired for so long in a very free space where I wasn't at the demand and the forefront of entertainment anymore. And that allowed me to shift into then what then became the next phase of my life, which was motherhood. Hmm. And that was a whole nother level of awakening. And oh, so, girl. you know, I, I, you know, so exactly right. That I, trust me, I'm, I'm still awakened. I'm still trying to wake up. Listen, every day <laughs> it's know, a new awakening. Every day. <laughs> so, you know, so I, so I really feel like that's, that's what really shifted everything for me. That, that very dark night of the soul, that feeling of rock bottom, that yeah. feeling of desperation and not, and my and literally everything that I had put so much value into my identity, my public persona, my voice, my popularity, my this, my relevant, da, 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 the critics, the, the cosigns and the everything. And the power came from me turning around and saying, you don't need any of that. You actually don't feel good trying to chase after that. Yeah. So why not just redefine how you want your life to look. Mm. Why don't you redefine how you want your career? What do you want to do with your purpose and your gifting? And I always go back to this like self-coined thing that I that I've said and I and I owe it to my 4-year-old self cuz she came up with it. When I was 4 years old, I said I wanted to be a singing nurse. Mm. And um I have it written in books and my parents would tell me and we'd always laugh about this throughout my whole life like who gave this four-year-old the confidence to say, I want to be a singing nurse? And you knew you I were a healer. Also, I knew it. Wow. I knew that I my four-year-old self knew that, even if my 25-year-old self didn't know that, you know? And um, but she knew it deep down. Yeah. She just wasn't, she wasn't, she wasn't living in that mindful responsibility of of honoring that that purpose that's there. And so I remember too, even when I first started doing, like I went on my very first promo run, this is before the awakening. I'll never forget, um, I did a song called It Kills Me 
which like was a number one record. Love that song. Uh, it, thank you. It, it earned me my first Grammy nomination was a number one record for nine weeks. And it was literally like the highest introduction like of success I had had as a new artist. And I remember going on a on a promo run and promo run for those who are not industry based means you don't make any money. So um, <laughs> you just you have know, to do you're, you're... one million interviews, be exhausted yes. as hell, go from city to city. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then and look your best and smile and be happy right. every time you show up. <laughs> right. So um, but at that time I was because I was so excited right, to be like embarking on the beginning of my journey. And I remember I went to Spelman College and I did like a little meet and greet. And this girl came running up to me. She's like, Oh my God, you're here. You're here. She's like, please don't leave. I have to go get my roommate. She's like, just please, please, please just wait. Please don't leave before I bring her back. I'm going to go and get her right now. She loves you. She has to meet you. And so I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so crazy. I have a fan. Like, wow, a really big (laughs) fan. And, um, and the girl came and I will never forget her beautiful brown skin girl. She was wearing pearls. She's, she was just beautiful, just a beautiful, very gentle spirit. And she came and she hugged me and she started crying. And I was like, oh my God, what do I do with this? Like what, I've never had anybody cry meeting me. Like, is this weird? What am I supposed to do? And she looked at me and she was like, I just want to thank you so much. And I was like, oh, okay. I want to thank you because you're supporting my music. And she was like, no, I have to thank you. She was like, I didn't know your music. My roommate put me onto your music. And then she's like, and I fell in love with your music. And then I fell in love with all of your interviews and watching you and listening Mm. to you. And she was like, and I started to see that if someone as beautiful and talented, as strong as you could go through something difficult and get out of bed, then I could too. Mm. And I immediately, that, that was like the first thing that gave me awareness that this was bigger than music for mm. me. And this is, that was like, you, you are affecting people, you are healing people, you are helping people. And so be mindful of that as you move forward in how you approach music. And then the awakening happened. And then now I feel like I am fully living in the singing nurse purpose yeah. as far as using my voice to share in every way I possibly can to bring healing so if that is through music, if that is through podcasts, if that is through wellness summits and yeah. being and speaking, that's been through also through motherhood for me and bringing healing to other moms and creating community and dialogue in the process of that. And so that is actually what has become my my evolved self from my awakened self to now. And that has been the higher version of myself is to allow myself to be all that I am not just one version of who I thought that I needed to be. Mm. Oh, so beautifully, profoundly said. You know, how, if you have any, any advice you can give or any, any share of experience you can give for someone listening who is living a powerful life or is embedded in a career but feels a deep yearning, a spiritual calling to be more, you know, now you're in mastery of self, but in those moments and in those years of trying to make internal and outward sense of embodying these two very different things. Like I know yes. I, when I worked in radio for years, it was like, 
my spirituality was the core of who I actually was and what I wanted to spend 100% of my time when I was not at work doing. But then I would have to show up at work and I'd have to talk about things I didn't care about, like celebrity gossip or who was doing this or what, you know, what, what song encouraging people to, you know, kill each other, do drugs and whatever. Like it was starting to eat at the core of my being until I finally just had to really switch lanes. Um, And so, but I do believe that you don't have to give up your entire life to honor your calling. So what was that piece of it like? And and how can people build their confidence into showing up in both roles? I think that it comes back to, and and it's so interesting because I am so fascinated by you as well, because it is a very very similar journey. It is, it is a very similar journey in, in the fact that like, understanding what the entertainment business is it thrives off of these very like salacious like gossipy judgmental let me project yeah yes you know commentary and 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 opinion and judgment and gossip and I just it always felt yucky to me I never wanted to be in gossip I never cared to be in the tabloids like I never cared I kept a very private life um and And I feel like, you know, to your point of what you're saying is that, like, I think deep down inside, I knew that that wasn't the part of me that was actually going to be what would keep me in music, what keeps me in music and in the way that I am now. And I'm happy to say that even the journey that I've had to go through in the last few years of even emancipating myself further to um, to literally come back to being a completely free and independent artist, which I'm so grateful for at this time. Um, you know, because that was also a challenge of being stuck in some situations um, that I couldn't freely express my, my, my music. I yeah. couldn't freely express the musical works that I was creating in the last few years. And that was very difficult. The and oppression that actually... of the music business is not explored enough. Oh. Like, like the grander public gets a certain view of it. Like when you remember like Prince speaking out or as of recently, Kanye being on a tirade on social, but the oppression of the music industry, like it is the colonialization of the music industry, the way people oh are goodness. profiteering off of young talent of color. It is just insane. It is it is criminal. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it is, it is some of the most low frequency, uh, business deals I have ever seen, uh, in entertainment and in music specifically and that you know I can I, speak to. And, <laughs> I hate when people are like, I, why didn't you read the contract? Why? Like the, this is what I get. And yes, keep your, keep your legal acumen up. However, why would you make ever a contract like that, that I would have had to say, oh, no, you're being a predator. Like where where is the responsibility on the business or on the people that are working for this talent to actually show up in integrity? You know, so it's like everyone wants to see this. Well, you should have read it. Gotcha. Ha ha. And it's like, yeah, okay, you're misunderstanding the the way it's done. Yeah. 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 Well, this is the way it's always been done. Well, why are we doing that? Yeah. Well, why? Why has it been done that way? You know, I, I, I honestly. And it started that's being a whole... right because it started being done that way when you know certain certain people were profiting on black music, and so you wanted yeah. to keep them just completely, you know, under your thumb. You wanted to give them just enough to get a flashy car, or you know, and and not actually be able dangle to create the, you dangle the wealth carrot. for your family. Yeah. 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 You know, and 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 that is one of the most 
heartbreaking things. And I, I know we could do a two hour yeah, podcast on this. It's like, <laughs> it's just that like, you know, the, 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 um, the, the, the bait and switch that they do, which is like, find somebody who comes from an unfortunate under, under, underserved circumstance and say that like, you know, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. So just take what we're giving you now, but don't think about your legacy later on. You yeah. know, um, we'll, we'll throw this bag at you now you know, so that you can help you and everybody from your neighborhood. But, you know, you'll never own your rights when you're 75 and you don't have a job. Like, it's crazy to me. It's crazy. And again, we can go round and round about that. But in going through that process, it forced me to have to ask myself, is that all you are? Mm. Mm. Is that all you are? Are you just dependent on only being a, a singer? And I knew that wasn't the truth. I knew that that wasn't the case. And I knew that through allowing my voice to expand in ways that no one did have a, a, a ink, ink mark on, that I could start to find greater purpose for myself and really start to expand. And so now that I am on the other side of my emancipation, I feel so free to just explore every color, every shade, every angle, every gift that I have within me, free of judgment, free of expectation, or this previous ego that was formerly saying, well, this is who you need. Because, you know, I have to read the stuff online where people are just like, well, Melanie Fiona went and had a baby. And then she, you know, she, (laughs) she just quit music. And it's like, man, y'all want to sit here and comment on my life. You have no idea what's been Mm. going on in my life. You have no idea the alopecia spots I had to go through through stress and my hair falling out because somebody told me that I couldn't put out the album that I had spent three years while pregnant making. Like, what are you talking about? And you want to just pin me into a corner and say, I just washed up because I became a mom. Like, I I mean, can I I just say I'm so happy that the conversation for mothers has been pushed so far forward just in the last couple of years because the fact that that would ever be a criticism of you and now it's like something that's celebrated right like now cardi b was pregnant you know in all her videos and it was like wow like she's doing it like you can be a mom and have a destiny but then then before that it's like you know you have lauren hill crucified for getting pregnant you have people unable to you know it's like well guess guess you're retired at at 22 now forever yeah Guess it's guess you're washed up now. And I'm like, what? I remember when I was so- pregnant, I was nine, I was nine months pregnant, and I happened to go to like the Grove, which is out here in LA. And one of my bosses happened to be there and we saw each other and I was so excited to see him. And I was like, hey, one of my old bosses in radio. And I was like, Oh, it's so good to see you. And he's like, Wow, look at your stomach. I found out he went back to the radio station in a meeting, in a meeting of people, some people that I had hired previously, that I had mentored, my peers, and began to tell everyone how sorry he felt for me because I was pregnant and I had no idea what I was doing with my life. Mind you, at the time, Uh I had a thriving small business. I left on my terms. I had products in Nordstrom stores. I had written a book. But to him, for his limited view, not just of life and the entertainment industry, but his limited view of what a woman could be or could have, it was, oh, now my life is a waste and I'm, quote unquote, just a mom, whatever the hell that means. Oh, my God. But it's just like, yeah, it's fascinating. Another three hour podcast about (laughs) this specifically. Like, I just, 
I can't even begin, I mean, to scratch the surface of like what it's been. And like, again, to your point, like I've got so much. So what I realized too, is that what I have been through is like a course in itself. Yeah. What I've gone through as a mother, as a woman, as an artist, you know, and I want to talk about the ego really quickly because something that I learned through therapy, something that I learned through therapy which um, my therapist was really wonderful when she put this in because I was remember I was feeling so stuck and so so lost and 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 after right after having a baby and then now my career is in this par- state of paralysis and I'm like what what's happening and she said to me she said I don't want you to lose the healthy ego mm. and I said I said the healthy ego she's like I want you to remember that it's okay to feel good. She's like, I want you to remember that it's okay that like people loved your music or love your music or clap for you when you're on stage. And so the fact that that's not there for you right now, it is heartbreaking. And that doesn't make you a bad person because you miss the feeling of celebrating your gifts publicly with other people. You know, it's the place in which you do it from. And so that's the thing. I was feeling so depleted. I'm at home taking care of a baby. I'm not out on the, on the road feeling this, this thing that I used to feel, which was singing, which made me feel so expanded and happy. I wasn't even doing that anymore. Mm. And so I was losing myself. I was, and, and that's what she was saying. She was like, so if you want to sing, sing, she's like, sing, like sing for yourself, sing, but you have to pour into yourself. She's like, you know, take care of yourself, these types of things. And so that really reminded me that like, the ego of entertainment is dangerous when you allow it to be dangerous. Mm. it doesn't have to be dangerous if you are whole within self and can literally not get not let it run your life yeah you know not let it run your life because I think that back to what you're talking about in like social media and like how we compare and like this likes and this thing and this da 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 like I I, I'm happy if a hundred people like it I don't feel sad if a million people didn't like it my happy ego is yay, I made a difference in a hundred people's lives. Like, yes, that's so great, you know? And so I want to say that to anybody who is in the creative field of whatever it is, like, let's start taking the expectation off and the comparison off of what you're supposed to be and who you're supposed to be like and what it's supposed to amount to or cost or value. Like, determine your valuation for yourself. Yeah. Determine what that looks like for yourself. And so for me, I am so grateful to be at a space where my audience has expanded, not just through music, but through wellness, but through motherhood. And I'm able to now create change and impact change in a positive way on those three pillars for myself. And it's not just dependent on if music was suffering, then I was, I was worthless. You know, if people weren't buying my records, then I don't have anything left, you know? Um, Looking at my son be a happy, whole, healthy human being growing in this world makes me feel happy, makes me feel whole, you know, knowing that I've been, I, I pour into him and he's going to go pour into the world as a light in this world. That makes me feel happy and whole. And so to whoever who that asshole was that was your previous <laughs> boss, and I know that's not the greatest high, high frequency level, but I'm a little ratchet when it comes yes. to protecting people who talk shit <laughs> about women. It just is like, no, like your, your, your projection of happiness for you is not my definition. Exactly. You oh. know? And so, and so once I feel like you can understand that, like happiness 
and that whole and success of whatever that yeah. is for you is like when you can accept that for yourself, then like and know that your no choices can... don't have to be validated. Like you don't no. you don't have to call it valid for it to be what is important to me. You don't have to think no. about me and what I'm doing at all. No, no, it's 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 a a friend of mine a long time ago. I remember when I was very, very, very first coming up in the music industry from Toronto. And um, I remember like seeing all of like some people around me who were like progressing forward and doing things. And I was I was working in this like like I was in like a girl group when I was a teenager and um, the girl group had disbanded. And like I was now pursuing my solo career and I just started seeing other people do things. And I remember feeling like, well, so-and-so is doing this and so-and-so is doing this. And he said to me, he's like, the more you, time you spend looking at what so-and-so is doing is the less time you're spending looking at what you can be doing for yourself. Mm. And I never forgot that. And this is the, this is the struggle of the world we live in now because everyone, what everyone is doing is on display. Yeah. What everyone is doing is at the tip of your fingertips, what everyone is doing. And I just feel like you are the only person who is responsibility for managing how deeply you allow yourself to be affected by external factors and people and validation. And so that's the work. And so I find myself taking lots of breaks from social media mm. these days because I know in this like transformative time of my life where now, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, like the, all the balls were up in the air and now I feel like they've all landed now. And now I'm sitting here looking at my life and now I want to just be in this for myself. Yeah. And I don't want to think about doing what other people are doing. And so I take the time off. I take them like, okay, I don't, I'm not outside in the world because it's a pandemic. You know what? I'm going to shut my phone off today and not be on social media today because today I just want to be in the vision of what I want to see in my house right now. Like, how do I want to create my new space? Yeah. How do I want to create my, my, my design and artistic board for the music and the artistic works that I'm now putting into works. Like I, I don't want to be influenced by anything in the outside. So I, I, I go within and I stay quiet and I just focus on me. And mm. when I focus on me, I feel happy. When I focus on my house, I feel happy. When I focus on my family, I feel happy. And so that's what I'm preserving these days. That's what I've been focusing on at the end of this year to be stronger going into 2021 and and to what I consider like I said act two for me how I want my life to look moving forward versus how it's looked beyond in the past and um that's my that's my shift of perspective that's like that's 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 my that's my story <laughs> wow what a life what a masterpiece thank you yeah thank truly. you it's all beautiful like the healing journey is it can be so beautiful if you allow it to if be. you allow if you it, really yeah. if you seek the joy and seek the seek the beauty in it i i really do i tell people this all the time and i sometimes do one-on-ones like you know my fans will do like a one-on-one -on -one, and i always do i tell them i'm always just like everything is temporary everything is temporary but if you take it one breath at a time just like one moment at a time one moment at a time you can literally get through anything if yeah. you just focus on the present moment, you know? How would people, anyone listening that would like to do something like that with you, how can they connect with your work? How can they connect with your healing? Um, it's interesting because, so in, in initial, well, you can find me on social media at Melanie Fiona. That's every, every, on every handle. 
Um, but I'm actually in the process of creating that kind of like one-on-one um, process for my fans. Like right now people could connect with me. Like I'm on this app called Cameo, oh, which like that. you, yeah, you do shout outs and you do like, you know, happy birthdays and really quick things. Um, but you know, I, uh, that, that's like a quick, like shout out thing. If you, if you want to do that and some people ask for pep talks and some people share their situations and I'll give them like a quick, good motivational word on there. So that's one way you can find me. But for 2021, I am really, I'm really looking forward to, I'm really looking forward much like you, Debbie, and you've really been an inspiration. It's been wonderful to watch your journey as well, because I've seen since we first connected recently, you know, after Cassie's event, how your life has expanded and the roles that you've taken on and how you've expanded your community and your voice and your purpose. And so, you know, in that regard, of course, and in that regard, um, really knowing that like your community is, is there, like it's important for us to really recognize honing in on community and really creating the community and not just allowing social media to be the driver of your community. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I want to make sure that the people who support me and are with me on my journey, who follow me, really have access to what it is that I'm creating, not not what I'm putting up on Instagram, you know, not those like quick tidbits, which are like real meaningful stuff. And so yeah. I feel like toward as I approach 2021, that's like the journey in which I am building is less social media, more one on one community. And um, that's how you sustain a life like that's how you build community. I mean, if we go back to our ancestors, this was tribes, this was families, this yeah. is what we did. You know, and and social media is beautiful for what social media is, but it's not ours. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be it's not ours. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. It really doesn't. And I, and I, I, I go back to urge anyone listening that like your community is as as is as rich as you design it to be, mm. whether that's a thousand people or a million people, a thousand true people in your life, a hundred true people in your life can enrich your life in a way that is so much more meaningful than a million fair weather people. Yeah. And so I, I, I five, really encourage any five whole any people creative, in your life, <laughs> five whole people, five, you know, but like I say this, for, I, I, there's this book called a thousand true fans. So if anyone mm. who's listening is like small business or, you know, artist or like somebody who's really trying, you know, has a small following what they consider small in social media numbers, whatever the hell that is, um, you know, if you invest into those thousand people and they invest back into you, that is a very sustainable, successful life. Mm. Like, and so there is a book called a thousand true fans, which I keep meeting. In fact, I'm going to order it today because I keep, and I understand the concept of it, but I want to read it because I really want to be able to keep that in mind for myself, yeah. you know, from going from a huge stage to a quiet stage of like transformative, redefining myself, yeah. you know, pivoting, pivoting my perspective time now emerging into this new phase of my life. I always want to remember that the, the quality over the quantity I do. And, um, and so I encourage anybody out there, I've heard wonderful things about this book. Please read this book. Um, and it will really give you a wonderful perspective of how you can sustain a wonderful life and make a living off of a thousand true fans. So, um, I love that. So yeah. That, that's my last gift to like any of the artists and fellow creatives and, you know, singer songwriters out here, uh, independent artists, just like you are, you are the bag. Yes. You are the gift. You are the <laughs> gift. Yes. I love that. You are the bag. 
Don't let anybody hold that bag in front of you and tell you that it's worth more than you. It's not. It's not. Well, you are sending us off with a bang. (laughs) Melanie, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you for dropping all these gems. Thank you for coming on the show, sharing your heart, sharing your gifts, sharing all of your wisdom. Hey, find me on social. Let's connect. At Debbie Brown, that's Twitter and Instagram, or go to my website, DebbieBrown.com. And if you're listening to this show on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And send this episode to a friend. Dropping Gems is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. It's produced by Tribble and me, Debbie Brown. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk? Get vaccinated. But But nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.